What's the worst day you ever had in your business? I can name a few. I was a five-time award-winning entrepreneur who burned out because I couldn't give up control of anything in my business, whether it was because I thought I could do it faster or because I thought I couldn't afford it. I just refused to let anybody else in. Consequently, the business turned from a dream goal into a job I hated and I didn't know what to do anymore. In 2015, I closed my business, walked away, and started a whole new life. But I didn't know what I wanted to be when I grew up after that. And I realized that what I really love to do is marketing. I love to talk about marketing and create marketing and teach other people how to create value-based marketing initiatives that talk to their customers. I've done it for corporations, for entrepreneurs like you, bloggers, and everybody in between. I'm here to help you create your dream empire that gives you the freedom to create your life the way you want to do it. My name is Megan Brain. This is Stop Sucking at Business. Let's go. So do you think all of the horrors of 2020 are officially over? I'm hoping. <laughs> um, let's just say that I'm really not sure how 2021 is going to go. But if you're listening to this, that means that we have all officially made it out of 2020 and are on our ways, our ways are on our way to newer, funner, better things. And I'm glad you're here. So if you're like me, which you probably are since you're listening to this, you are a goal nerd and you are constantly thinking about new goals you want to accomplish or thinking about ways that you want to improve your goals, or you're just always thinking about goals and always thinking about ways to improve it, improve yourself, improve your business. And it can actually be to your detriment if you're anything like me, because you just become obsessed with it. And so I wanted to talk today and share a couple of tips that I have found for what is mm, my process for creating goals how I'm creating them for 2021 and how they're different from the way that I have been creating goals before. So first, let me say, I don't think about resolutions. Uh, to me, they are, I don't know how I want to put it. I guess I feel like New Year's resolutions are too, they have too much gravitas or they're just too big and the pressure that we can put on ourselves to achieve sometimes ludicrous levels of results in 365 days, it, as someone who has anxiety and, you know, can just go all in really hard, it just, I, I just have to avoid them because there's too much pressure behind them. So the way that I set goals for a year uh, is I start with the nice to have. And what I mean by that is I'll think about a couple of big goals that I would, re would be like just amazing 
to have. So, uh, you know, multiple six figure income, um, dropping 50 pounds, you know, whatever it is, like just these huge, ginormous goals that if I achieved them by December 31st, 2021, I would be like, holy shit, I there's nothing else I need in life. <laughs> so I've done it all. So I think about that. And then I think about the the critical pace, I guess, or I guess the flip side of nice to have the things that critically must be done. So, you know, what is the minimum income I need this year to survive? You know, what are the um, minimum variables I need for any kind of health issues or, you know, like, so I just basically create this spectrum of ways that I have to keep living <laughs> this year and ways that I would love to be living by the end of the year. From there, I start to look at quarters. And the only reason I really look at quarters is because to me, there's like the right amount of time to see data and to start seeing things either that are working or not working. And I give myself another quarter from there to either adjust or go hardcore. So when I start looking at quarters, I give myself a lot of birth, I guess, for Q1. Q1 is what I usually consider the base the baseline of the year. So when I'm picking a goal and I have the spectrum of critical, nice to have in between, I go more towards the critical with just a, just a little bit of oomph to what I need so that I can say, okay, I have proven myself within this quarter, these 12 weeks, I've proven myself capable of handling a little bit higher than what it is I need to survive. And the momentum that that creates is so much better than just trying to go all in on, I don't know, 500,000 a year, or, you know, just like, if I can start with 2000 a week, then I know that I'm able to go a little bit higher than the things that I need to survive. It's 2000 a week is about a hundred thousand a year. And it, it, it just sets me up for a good pace. What I used to do before is just say Q1 means fresh start, go towards that goal, go hard. And it was just a really unfair uh, pressure to put on myself because if I'm starting a goal from scratch, to think that I can just ramp up in 12 weeks from, you know, zero to 60, it, it doesn't work. And it makes me hate myself, hate the job, you know, hate my work. It makes me feel a lot of pressure and it, it, it makes me spiral. And so I found that the most frustrating thing for me to do is actually the most beneficial and that is to go slow. So when I'm looking at Q1, and for the record, um, I don't think about Q2 through Q4 until later on. All I do is I focus right on Q1. I don't let myself think further because I want to see the data from Q1 before I start 
dodge, duck, dip, diving and dodging. You know, like I start, I need to have some sort of baseline as a marketer and a big, big nerd. If I don't have a set of metrics to go by, then I can't figure out if things are working and I can't figure out what is working and what needs to be adjusted. So that's why this time all I'm doing is looking at Q1. I don't have any goals set for Q2 through Q4. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to be like. I need to know what Q1 looks like. So from there, what I start doing is, and I learned this from a coach that I used to work with. Her name is Liz Wolf. And when you are picking these goals, so let's go to 2000 a week, right? So 2000 a week is 8,000 a month, you know, give or take a week. So if I'm breaking it down to 2000 a week, how am I going to make 2000 a week? So it's no longer just, I would love to make $2,000 a week. What it is instead is I have a goal of $2,000 a week. $2,000 a week is about 400 bucks a work day. What do I have in my cash of tools, um, clients, whatever, like the ways that I, my income streams, what income streams do I have available to me that will make that happen? And it doesn't have to happen January 8th, right? Like the first week that doesn't have to happen, but I do have to set these tangible, actionable ways to create the result that I want. It can't just be I want to make $2,000 a week and I'm just going to go for it and see what happens. No, instead it is, I want to make $2,000 a week. The income streams that I have available to me are sponsorships, um, marketing clients, coaching clients, my digital downloads, and um, writing that I'll do for clients on the side. The hourly rate that I set for my marketing strategy is this. The hourly rate that I set for my clients my writing clients is this, how many hours am I going to need for that bucket to accomplish, let's say 60% because my most reliable sources of income right now are those hourly rates. From there, I have another 40% of that 2000 to accommodate and I'm not going to do the math just because I know I'll just mess it up. So let's just say that from there, there's 40% So I need to figure out the 40% from the remaining income goal, uh, income streams that I can utilize to easily achieve that. And again, these are all of these things that I'm setting up for Q1 are low hanging fruit because I need that momentum, I guess, mentally and tangibly to get me going into further quarters. So these 40%, okay, well, my remaining buckets are eBay with the um, vintage line, that's usually pretty reliable for me. Um, digital downloads, which I've had available and I haven't really promoted very much. Uh, my courses, uh, what affiliates, um, ads, all of those things are the remaining buckets of income, um, interest, investments, things like that. But I don't actually count those because I don't really try and touch my interest or savings or investments. So 
from those bucket streams, how do I come up with this other 40%? And then I just start going down the list in terms of what is the easiest way for me to accomplish that? Well, I can usually get um, you about, I did the math already on this. And so I'm just going off the top of my head. I took um, the average amount of sales I did every month on eBay, divided that by 12. And then that was my, and of course it fluctuates. So that was my goal or that was my, my baseline, I guess. And so I said, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't remember what it is. I'm not trying to be obtuse. I just honestly never prepare for these things and I just go with it. So let's say it was, um, 2000 a month. I think that's about a good goal of what I make on eBay with the vintage line. So 2000 a month is 500 a week. Hey guys, Megan here. Just a reminder, I have regular Q&A episodes coming out. So if you want your questions answered, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question, all one word, and you'll be able to get your question posted. And if I feature it, you will get a copy, a free copy of my book, Day One, A Practical Guide to Launching Your Business. So again, head to meganbrame.com slash ask a question. And if your question gets featured, I'm sending you a free copy of my book as a thank you. So if I need to make 2000 and I'm saying that 40%, I've lost my train of thought. (laughs) eBay can take out the majority of that. So based on my goal of 2000 a week, I know that I can reliably safely say that 60% of that can come from hourly client work. And the the rest of that can come from eBay and I can start really focusing on one to two products to promote through the quarter to start getting me through to a stretch goal. So my baseline of 2000 a week is covered. Now I want to start focusing on promoting a digital download or a course instead of what I used to do, which was just throw shit on the wall, see what sticks and just keep going and keep promoting new stuff. And I think that one of the things that I had a lot of difficulty with was selling digital downloads because there are so many of them because I'm a stupidly creative person that can't stop making stuff. And I would promote this thing, and then this download and this download. And I think that based on the algorithms of, you know, Instagram, podcasts, Pinterest, YouTube, whatever you want, you know, you don't see all of the content that I create. And so for me to keep promoting different things all the time, it just, it, it, it was too overwhelming for myself and for my followers. And so what I'm going to do instead is just really loop a promotion for whichever download. I think I'm doing my 2021 list of holidays. I think that's the one I'm doing for Q1. And just really focus on that because if I want to start getting people into knowing the value that I offer and this crazy collection of digital downloads that I have for entrepreneurs, I need to start with one. And I can't let myself do what I used to do of just being insecure that I was picking the wrong one and instead 
throw all of them and see what happens like that that overwhelmed me i know that overwhelmed my followers and it didn't result in sales so trying this new part of something that i have always this is definitely a do as i say not as i do because past i have told my clients to do the same thing and i have not and i suck at that so i'm trying very hard this quarter to just focus on one thing and so that's my recommendation for you coming into 2021. This month, I'm going to be bringing on a number of stupidly talented women who just know how to create goals, whether they're financial or life or whatever, and just how to learn the ways to forgive yourself for past mistakes with goals and how to set better goals coming up this year. Now, the reason that I picked, I know a lot of you are doing goal setting right now and probably are sick of hearing about different ways to set goals. So I thank you for listening to me set my own goals, but also I want you to realize that you're hearing a lot about goal setting from myself, from my guests coming up and I'm just, you know, newsletters, podcasts, whatever your social media is. And just understand that there is no one size fits all strategy when it comes to goal setting. The way you can figure out the best goal setting method for you is to hear a bunch of them. And I know that's like, well, Megan, first, duh. And second, I'm sick of hearing about it. I understand. But if what you're doing isn't working, you have to find a solution because the goals are the things that keep you going when it's sucky, when you're losing sleep, when you're stressed out, when you're frustrated. The goal is the the light at the end of the shitty, shitty tunnel. And what you need is to have that to hold on to. So what I recommend for you this year is to find a solution that fits your lifestyle. Don't force yourself into a way that doesn't feel right for you. It burns you out. I speak from experience. It burns you out. It makes you hate your work. It, it, it just doesn't provide the experience that you need as an entrepreneur to move forward. And so look at a couple of different goal strategies. This is the one that I'm trying this year. I'm trying to just keep it, keep the spectrum of need versus nice to have find room in the middle of that start towards the need side of the spectrum for q1 go slowly utilize my low-hanging fruit to get me the quick wins and then build from there but what build from there means is unknown right now because I'm not going to overwhelm myself with Q2 through Q4. I'm just going to focus on Q1. That's the way I'm doing it this year. Oh, and one other thing, speaking of keeping it simple, I am officially not pressuring myself to do it all on social media. What I've said before in masterminds that I've been in, or maybe I've even said it here, is that while I know a lot about algorithms and I know a lot about Instagram and how to succeed in it, I don't do that. I don't do a lot on Instagram because 
it's not where I want to be. It's not where I want to promote my brand. Where I want to be instead is YouTube, podcast, and Pinterest. Those are my three that I find are most effective for helping people and reaching my target clients. And so instead of trying to beat my head against a wall by still doing a lot on Instagram, I'm not going to focus a lot of time on Instagram. It's not, like I said, it's not where I want to be. I do realize the value of having a presence there. So I will still do stuff in the feed, um, occasional stories, but it's not going to be a lot of my time. Instead, a lot of my time for marketing and promotion is going to be focused on the podcast for Q1. Q2, Q3, maybe we'll talk about YouTube and Pinterest, but right now my goal is promoting the podcast because that's where I want to be. That's where I want to talk to you. And that's how I feel I can be most helpful and effective. So, and that's something I recommend for you to think about. Don't feel like you have to be everywhere. Feel, feel, be where your customers are. If they are on Instagram, then be on Instagram. But if they're on Instagram and you hate Instagram, you don't have to be there. There are other avenues and other channels for you. If you hate Twitter or you hate Facebook or you have no idea how YouTube works and you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. Find places, find the happy medium of where your customers are and where you want to be most effective and go for that. But just do one. Don't feel like you have to do all of them. Now, if you're in my members library, I'm going to give you a free download of way of a, what do I want to call it? A customer audit, a customer marketing audit, I should say. So if you go to your members library and it's at meganbrame.com slash members library, log in. If you're not a member, feel free to join. It's totally free. You can download this spreadsheet and this will help you keep track. It's the same thing I'm using. It will help you keep track of your marketing efforts, what you think is going well, what you need to improve and how you can do it. It has spots for actionable steps that you are going to take every quarter for one or two things. And the list is extensive. So don't feel like you need to do it all. Just pick one or two things and keep track of it. It's so helpful and it is one of my favorite tools. So head to meganbrame.com slash members library to download it totally free for you to help you set your goals for this year. But if you need a little bit more help, stick around because the next couple of weeks, you're going to be hearing from some amazing women about how to set goals for finances, for life, how to incorporate human design, which is something that I just keep hearing a lot about. So I think that's the universe telling me I need to start looking into it too. And I will talk to you later. Have a fantastic week. We will talk soon. Hey guys, one more thing before you go. Could you do me a favor and leave a review of this episode? It would help me out so much and get the word out to other people. If you could just drop a review, I would really appreciate it. On the next episode...
the last uh, the last step you actually start this is what i've learned typically you start with one-on-one -on -one coaching then you go into group and then you do something like an online course and then you do a membership that that, that i did not know about so it was, i was grateful to learn it because i didn't i didn't waste a lot of time um, you know creating a membership but either way I still had a method, right? I still had something that if I if I was going to teach it in a membership to a bunch of people, I could definitely teach it to one person. Um, and so then I just jumped in and I started to learn everything about how do you create a one on one coaching package? What do you do um, you know, to, to, to market this? Where do you talk about it? And again, a lot of reverse engineering. I looked at a lot of coaches that I knew friends of mine were coaches um, that I got got into, you know, entrepreneurial communities lots of coaches in there you can check out their website you can check out their sales page you can see what they're offering and you can ask questions and, and see what do i want to offer how do i want to create it? what's my vision for like the best you know coaching package and and that's really how <laughs> at least from from my understanding that's how it goes you just see stuff that, that is inspiring to you you have your own idea of what you think would be really impactful for your 